0: Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. You know, an important part of what we do here at Ministry Watch, especially with these extra episodes, is to bring you thought leaders who have important things to say to both donors and to ministry leaders. And that's why I'm really pleased to have back on the program Phil Cook. Phil wrote a provocative article for his website, philcook.com. It's called Can Christian Critics Just Give the Asbury Revival, The Chosen, and He Gets Us a Rest? Phil graciously consented to let us reprint that article on the Ministry Watch website and to be on the program today to talk about the article and some of the ideas that it raises. Before I introduce Phil, I want to let you know that I'll have a link to that article in the show notes for today's program, or you can just go to either philcook.com or ministrywatch.com and use the search engine to find it. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Phil before I bring him on. Phil Cook is a working producer in Hollywood who also has a PhD in theology. He's the author of a half dozen books on media and marketing, and has been a contributor to Fast Company, Forbes, and the Huffington Post. He's also a member of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, as well as the Producers Guild of America. Phil, welcome back to the program.
1: Always an honor. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.
0: Hey, and by the way, Phil, I, this is not part of the program really per se, but uh, you know, I've introduced you a couple of times as a member of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. Is Are those the folks that vote on the Emmys? That's the Emmy
1: people. Yeah, that's it, the Emmy people.
0: So you get a vote. I get a vote.
1: Absolutely. I get a vote and I'm on one of the committees. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm also in the Producers Guild of America, which doesn't vote for an Emmy or an Oscar, <clears throat> but they're kind of the organization of everybody that produces movies and television shows in Hollywood. So it's an interesting group to be a part of.
0: Well, I could probably spend a whole episode talking about this stuff and I want, but I do want to ask quickly, do do you get, uh, do you get lobbied a lot to vote for this show or that show? I mean, I know back in the day it used to be, you know, they would put for your consideration ads in uh, the trades and in billboards. And it, but it was kind of low key, you know. I mean, it was, it, it felt sort of like the tombstones that investment bankers would put in the Wall Street Journal. They weren't, they weren't that hardcore, but I understand that it's gotten a lot more of a blood sport in recent years. Is that accurate?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, as a member of the Academy and also the Producers Guild, I get flooded. With emails, I mean, every day I'm getting 8, 10, 12 emails uh, for different movies or different television programs, but we also get uh, DVDs sent to us. We get a flood of DVDs, so we see the movies that way ahead of everybody else. We get screeners of movies that come along, and they're starting to switch to uh, you know digital screeners where they give us a code and we can go online and watch, but the, the best part of it is I'll, I'll put up with the, all the flood of emails and stuff because we get to see movies at home that are going to debut in a theater in five, six months. So it's kind of fun to, to get that.
0: Yeah, you bet. Well, uh, again, that's a, we've wandered a little bit far afield. But um, th- th- it does have relevance to what we're saying today because I mean I think it's it in some ways uh, establishes your bona fides as somebody who's an expert in media and kind of knows what's going out there in the world and and it, that does uh, relate to your article. You are I, I guess in this article and I'm I'm going to say it my way and then you can correct me, Phil. Um, you're complaining that a lot of Christian pundits have gone online, especially social media. And um, are, are bashing the Asbury Revival, bashing the Chosen television series, bashing uh, the He Gets Us media campaign. And your position is don't do that, or at least don't do that so much. Do I have you right? Just lighten up, lighten up. I mean, first of all, I put this into three categories.
1: I mean, number one are legitimate journalists, legitimate critics. You're a great example of that. I mean, you spent your whole life as a journalist, your whole life as a writer. I knew you back in the World Magazine days, and now you're at Ministry Watch. So this is your job. This is what you do, and you're trained to do it. Then there's this level of self-proclaimed Christian journalists that are out there that just build their own website and start, you know, reporting on things no real link to a legitimate news organization or media company. And then, of course, there's thousands of armchair Christians out there, armchair theologians who have become theology cops. And so, I don't know, maybe I was just grumpy that day, but i just seen this flood of people that felt the need to share what they thought was wrong about the Asbury revival or what was wrong about the He Gets Us campaign, you know, the commercial campaign that aired during the Super Bowl, or the Chosen series. And now, of course, the Jesus revolution has come. It's been an interesting intersection of all these projects happening at once. But I don't know, I just it just got me so frustrated. I thought, you know, one person that really pushed back on me with Asbury, I, I responded with, look, there are hundreds and hundreds of colleges across the country that are kicking Christians off. You know, Van, as you know, Vanderbilt made Christian organizations leave the campus. And so here we've got a college where thousands of students are praying and seeking God and worshiping him. I, you know, just how much damage to the cause of Christ is that gonna do? Um, Let's just go with it, at least. You You know, obviously, we want to be concerned. We want to search the scriptures for things. But there seems to be just a large group of Christians out there that just want to feel like they just want to complain about everything. So I just hit my limit on that particular day.
0: Well, and I really appreciate that, Phil, and I think uh, I mostly agree with you. Ninety to ninety-five percent agree with you, and I especially respect and appreciate the the three buckets of uh, that you put people into. You know, the the folks that are you know, legitimately journalist and, and if you will, maybe media or social commentary critics, they've been trained in that. They've got experience at that. They have uh, worked hard to develop discernment and credibility. And, and, you know, uh, I, I, like to think that I'm in that category, but I also realize that, that there are, that, that there are others. And I appreciate that, that, that distinction. I think I would also, um, they'll want you to say a little bit more about the differences in the things we're criticizing as well. I mean, the, the, as the Asbury revival, um, is uh, and and I've written uh, not a lot but but some at, at ministry watch the Asbury revival as a social phenomenon per se doesn't really fall into the bailiwick of ministry watch but because you know it is happening on a college campus and we cover college campuses we've covered it and I've written favorably about it I mean I I've I um I wrote a book in 2009 called The Lover's Quarrel with the Evangelical Church and I looked at the first great awakening and the second great awakening and the Differences between those two. So I've, you know, both as a Christian, but also as a journalist, I've been a student of revivals over the years. And I think it is fair to say that we won't know for sure for you know, some months or years, or maybe even decades, what the lasting fruit of that revival will be. But from where I sit, I'm withholding judgment. I'm saying, God bless these kids. You know, like you said, they're seeking God. Um, The campus is giving them, the the administrators, the leadership of that college is giving them a space where they can do that. And I don't mean just a physical space, but they've made room in in the schedule of the school. I mean, it's been highly disruptive to that. Uh, campus and they've been able to so so i'm with you on that i I would like to push back though a little bit on the he gets us campaign and the the, maybe even the chosen to a lesser extent i mean these are not kids these are adults we're talking tens of millions and in the case of the he gets us campaign more than probably more than a hundred million dollars that's going to be invested in this campaign um I guess from where I sit, Phil, I would put those two efforts in a different category. I think that they are, um, I think it's legitimate for not just journalists, but theologians and others concerned about the peace, purity, and unity of the Church of Jesus Christ to have an opinion about that. Would you agree or disagree?
1: Well, I think everybody should have an opinion about it. I just think that, um, I I think the response, the reason I wrote the article was I was just so overwhelmed with how negative it was. Um, so many people that don't know anything about it. I mean, the the he gets this campaign. And, and it, just for the record, I I don't agree with a lot of it. You know, Jesus. You know, their statement. One of the commercials, Jesus was a refugee. Well, I don't think he was a refugee, but I get their point. They're trying to make. I, you know, they're taking creative license. But the point is, they're not a. The, it's not a theological documentary. It's a 30-second commercial campaign, just trying to start conversations about Jesus out there. So we're seeing it in the billboards, the electronic billboards at Times Square. We saw it in the Super Bowl. It was the the campaign was the second most liked uh, series in the Super Bowl. It generated a lot of criticism, but anything about Jesus will. Um, so I just think when it comes, if if we look at it for what it is, its whole purpose was not to put out great theological pre- you know theological premise. It's more of let's just start a conversation about who this guy is. And so I'm willing to give them a lot of creative license to try to do that because I don't think it's gonna. I don't, I don't know what kind of damage a com- more conversations about Jesus can do. So I'm 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 all for it. Yeah. Well, I, even I, though I might do it differently, I have to say that even though I, I would probably do it differently as most of us would, but. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Put it that way, right?
0: Well, I think that uh, you know, Phil. I think you and I agree about ninety-five percent of the time, but I think this might be the five percent of the time where we disagree. Is that I, I have, um, I've, I've written pretty critically about the He Gets Us" campaign for all kinds of reasons, and uh, you know, and I guess just one area that I would mention because you mentioned because you mentioned it is the the you know the area of creative license. Uh, I I get in a work like say for example the Jesus Revolution movie. Which is clearly a theatrical work, a dramatic work. It is a work of fiction based on fact, if you will. I understand creative license. Um, I, I guess I in a in a in a um, in a commercial. Even though I get that it's only thirty seconds, and you can't tell the the whole story of Jesus in thirty seconds, I would expect that within those thirty seconds everything that you say would at least be the truth about Jesus, you know? In other words, I get I get that you may not be able to tell the whole truth in thirty seconds, but but I would at least I think it's a reasonable expectation to to expect that there would be no falsehoods in that 30 seconds. And, you know, and I and I pushed back a little on some
1: of their social media when I first saw the refugee spot. And also I pushed back a little on the one about uh, he didn't didn't want us to be adults. You know, the, the whole point of Jesus wanted to, you know, come as a child. OK, I get that. But that didn't mean he didn't want us to be adults. And so the, I agree that it, it's taken it too far. However, you know, like I say, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm, you know, if people can start conversations about Jesus. You know, it's it's funny. Back when they did the Noah, when Darren Aronofsky did the Noah movie, you know, that had the rock people in it, and it was way off base. I called American Bible Society. This is when they were on Broadway in New York in Manhattan and i said um have you noticed any difference and they said oh yeah we're getting hundreds of people coming in our office asking us about the noah story and we're giving out bibles and saying here read the real thing you version bobby Grunwald, that you version told me the noah story skyrocketed people reading it on you version so i think god can use you know even our very flawed attempts at trying to to share the gospel in some way and tell that story and i will just i don't know i just I, I I don't argue with you at all. I mean it's perfectly okay to have an opinion and push back on some of those things, but sure. I'd rather it be there than not be there
0: yeah well let let me pivot just a little bit because you you're uh you mentioned the Jesus Revolution movie. uh you did not mention the Jesus Revolution movie in your editorial. I don't think I'm, I'm I wrote right. it before I saw the Jesus revolution that's right, right right. So now that have you seen the movie now? I have yeah, so what do you think give me give me give me your opinion. I thought it was fantastic. I
1: really, really uh, encourage people to watch it because I remember that era. Uh, I was in North Carolina at the time, but it revolutionized our youth group. And so I remember it. I thought they handled the Lonnie Frisbee story very well. That was a delicate issue for you know listeners that know uh, about Lonnie Frisbee's story and his background. I thought they handled it really, really well. But th- the point was it was really about Greg Laurie's life and how he encountered the whole thing with Chuck Smith. And so, whatever theological issues people have with Chuck Smith and and then you know um, you know Calvary Chapel and everything that came out of that, it was a very interesting point. And I think they weren't trying to make a theological statement; they were just, as you say, telling the story of what happened during those real pivotal years of the Jesus the Jesus movement back from sixty nine to about seventy one or seventy two. So, I, 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 as far as production quality, it's extremely well done. I thought it was yeah. the, the 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 cars, the clothes, the wardrobe they really nailed it. So I thought they did a really good job from that point of view.
0: Yeah. Well, I always appreciate uh, and respect your opinion on these kinds of things, Phil. And I, you and I both have been harsh critics of Christian uh, movies in the past. So the fact that you that you um, thought it was uh, well done from a production and a production values point of view really means a lot to me. I have not seen it yet though. Uh, and for, for our listeners who don't know who Lonnie Frisbee uh, is or was, I should say, Lonnie Frisbee was one of the sort of the seminal figures of the Jesus people movement in the early 70s. He he was also, um, you know, he had a very troubled childhood and that broke him in many ways and so that meant that he also had a troubled adulthood as well and uh, he ended up um, uh, having struggles with sexuality, uh, getting AIDS, dying of AIDS in 1993. And Phil, interestingly, I wrote an article about Lonnie Frisbee probably five or six years ago because I just found him to be a, you know, a pretty interesting character. I pu- I published it on when I was at the Colson Center on the Colson Center website. When I moved over here to Ministry Watch a few years ago, I published it on the ministry, I republished it on the Ministry Watch website.
1: I, I, I read the and it was terrific. Well, I thought you
0: were very I pre- Well, I appreciate you saying that, and I will link to it in the show notes for today's program. But my point in mentioning it here is that f- that article, I'm sure. Phil, you, you and I were about the only two people that had read that article until the Jesus Revolution movie came out. And it's gotten over 20,000 page views just in the last week, um, which for us and, you know, at Ministry Watch is uh, is a lot. We haven't promoted the article. It's just purely, I'm guessing, people that are Googling the name Lonnie Frisbee and ending up on our website. So I think that goes to the point that you were making earlier that, you know, these— efforts, Uh, he gets us, Jesus revolution, you know, the chosen, they do put theological ideas and um, historical people, including Jesus, who was, of course, a historical person into the public conversation. And it does cause interest uh, to, 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 to explode.
1: It really does. It's funny that um, as Christians, we just don't share the gospel very much. I love that Billy Graham quote about You know, I like doing evangelism. I like my way of doing evangelism better than your way of not doing evangelism. You know, there's plenty of guys out there that are critical, but how many are they sharing the gospel with? And so it's really a call to me, you know, to uh, it's a lot of conviction in my heart that, hey, am I doing a great job out there sharing the gospel? Am I getting out there like these projects are? Um, I need to be doing a better job before I start criticizing him too heavily. H- having said that, though, journalists, theologians—I love these kind of conversations that, like you and I have, when we don't fully agree but we can still like each other and go on the radio and talk about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and like I say, Phil, I mean, you know, I—I I think you and I agree about 95 on about 95 percent of this stuff. But yeah, let let me just sort of wrap us up here, uh, Phil. In, in any sort of final thoughts that you would have? I mean, first of all, once again, let me just say we will link to Phil Cook's uh, really excellent article, Christian Critics Should Give Asbury the Chosen, and he gets us a rest. And you can read more fully what he has to say there. But for now, in the last final minute, got anything, Phil? Last thing I would say is I, I really would encourage people,
1: even when you disagree, don't be snarky. You know, one of the things that really set me off that made me write my blog post was a guy that said, you know, the, the He Gets Us campaign is for people who watch The Chosen instead of read the Bible. Well, that was just, that's not a legitimate criticism. And so I just think, come on, you, you can do better than that as a believer out there. We should be more supportive in that area. So even when you criticize people, make sure its it comes from your heart, it's legitimate, it's, it's well done, it's just not snarky like that. Trying to be, you know, a smart aleck just doesn't move the cause of the gospel far.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a good word, Phil. Good final word on this. So, thank you so much for joining the program. I really appreciate that and the article. Um, you can find the article that we discussed today by going uh, to the Ministry Watch website. It'll be on the front page, or if it rolls off of the front page, which it will in a you know a week or so, you can use the search engine at the top of the page, or you can find it by going to philcook.com. Cook, you got cook. Phil Cook, you got an e on the end of your name, right? Yeah. Right? Uh, Before we go, I'd like to remind you that Ministry Watch is a donor-supported ministry. We take no money from the ministries we cover, and all of our content is free, no annoying paywall. That means that we couldn't do what we do without faithful donors. You guys are the real heroes of this enterprise, so if you'd like to join this heroic group of donors while pitching in to make sure that Ministry Watch remains a viable endeavor, you can go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page. The producers for today's program are Rich Roswell and Jeff McIntosh. We get database, technical, and editorial support from Stephen DeBerry, Christina Darnell, Emily Kern, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suddeth. I'm Warren Smith, again thanking you, Phil Cook, for being on the program today. You've been listening to the Ministry Watch podcast, and until next time, may God bless you.